Stan Jones. I am Chief Executive Officer with AXA Prince William County. So can you tell me about your journey before you got to AXA? So I am a retired educator. I spent 39 years in public education uh, at almost every level. You know, I, was, uh, I, I actually had my degree in counseling, uh, but I worked in, uh, I worked in you know, six different school divisions, served as superintendent in two divisions, deputy superintendent in one division. Um, absolutely love public education, um, but quite honestly, I am frustrated by what I would call the lack of focus on kids in today's issues that we're dealing with. Uh, schools have always been about teaching and learning. And so I got to a point in my career where I was just ready to make a change. And I had some, I had some connection to nonprofits. I've been on a Boys and Girls Club as a board member when I was in Danville, Virginia. Um, I'm, I'm the president of Families for Virginia, which is a anti-child abuse uh, sort of umbrella organization with several other entities under it. And so I'm very familiar with nonprofits. I've been a, I've been a board member of um, the New Community School in Richmond, which is a school for students with dyslexia. So when when I when the when the uh, position announcement for ACTS became available, honestly, I was just intrigued by it, realizing that the number one form of violence on the planet is domestic violence, and that is something that ACTS is deeply involved in. So that's what drew me to to ACTS. Can you tell me about ACTS? Yeah, so ACTS is a 54-year-old organization that was started when a family lost its home and 13 churches surrounded that family and provided with them all their, with all their basic needs, food, clothing, housing. Uh, I'm sure there were some other services they provided. That evolved, that was in 1969. And so that, that evolved into what is today known as ACTS. So ACTS is, uh, uh, we are, my understanding is that we're one of the largest nonprofits in Prince William County. That's a standalone nonprofit. And we, ha we have four pillars of service, uh, food assistance, housing assistance, domestic violence services, sexual assault services. And then a fifth arm of what we do is we have a, a nonprofit thrift store that we run for our clients and, and members in the community. So uh, we, you know, we basically are, have a, a mission that, that focuses on two things, fostering hope, providing relief, and promoting self-sufficiency. So when we are working with clients, for example, in our shelter, we never want our clients to become dependent on us. We want to assist them in their, in their time of need, but we want to empower them to not need our services. So. Uh, uh, our motto is that no one should ever suffer alone. So that really kind of, uh, at, the, at the higher level, describes acts. Um, but basically, we deal with people that are in crisis and we try to help stabilize them, help empower them, and help them make, become self-sufficient. How important is it for someone who is using these services to have um, mental health support from uh, the organization? Well, I'll give, I'll give a couple of examples. If, if someone is experiencing trauma, uh, you know, a woman who's been abused or someone who's experiencing domestic violence or, or any of the areas, you know, food assistance, housing assistance, uh, the mental health is a, a, a core component of that person developing some degree of self-sufficiency. You know, when you're alone, you've experienced trauma, 
um, you have doubt, you, you lack resources. Uh, if you don't have uh, someone who's helping you deal with how you're internalizing that and how that internalization is impacting your behavior, then you know, there's nothing wrong with getting help. So I think it's critical. We have to stop treatment like it is uh, something's wrong with people rather than people need help. So it's critical to, it's critical to, to, to any human uh, who's just trying to survive what's called life. Uh, and it's especially critical to the clients we serve. And you said with your background, you've worked a lot with kids. How is it and what do you do to help, you know, just being there for kids? Yeah, so my background is really, uh, so I'm kind of unusual as an educator because most educators get their degree in a content area like biology, which I did. But when it came to my master's degree, my master's degree was in counseling. And so I worked in student personnel services in higher ed, where I worked with, uh, when I was at Ranford University, I actually worked with our non-traditional students, so students that were um, not on campus or students that had a disability. That was sort of the very beginning of my, my career um, when I worked at Ranford University. You know, our services for children here really is about, not so much directly aimed at children, but at supporting the client who may have children. So we work very closely with the school system. We, we do lots of referrals to other agencies. Um, at one time, we had a child specialist that worked for us. That position is actually vacant at the moment. Um, but our, all of our directors in housing, uh, uh, social assault services, and domestic violence services, to some extent, we're engaged with another entity particularly in particular the school system to try to, to uh, wrap what, what I call wraparound services to support the children of our clients. Before uh, I started recording, you talked a little bit about uh, people who are employed here are former clients and all that. What is it like seeing people who went through the program want to help others? So one of the beauties of, of ACTS is that we have staff who have had lived experiences, and because of those lived experiences and the empowerment that they have developed because of those lived experiences, they want to empower other people. So uh, what I would say is that I'm, I'm fortunate to be surrounded by a staff that uh, are just truly dedicated to serving the community, largely for many because they've either experienced it or, or have, have witnessed the trauma that people in crisis often experience, and they want to ensure that, that no one suffers alone. Again, I'll go back to sort of our motto, this idea of no one suffering alone. So for me, it means that the people who come to work here, uh, they're not doing a job. This is a mission. You know, it's very, very purposeful. And, I, and I, actually going back to your original question, what drew me to acts is I've always been someone who believed my life has a purpose, so what drew me to Acts is, again, being able to extend for myself the reason that I'm here. And I have one simple belief. The reason I exist is to make the world better than when I found it. And Acts simply gives me the mechanism to do that in a way that I hope is very impactful, not only for the clients we serve, but for our staff. Uh, it, it really is better to give than to receive. And um, I'm a person that that even though I didn't come from the most, uh, what I would call, uh, 
extreme circumstances in terms of resources. Uh, you know, I came from very modest circumstances, but I had a family that, that loved me. Um, and so as a child, that alone, I think, is what helped me um, navigate life as a child to an adult is knowing that I had a family that loved me. My parents both grew up in the segregated South, dealt with challenges I can't even imagine, but they weren't bitter, they weren't angry, they were better. And so part of uh, what we try to do at Acts is, is help people that may be bitter become better. Uh, and, and, and again, that goes to that issue of self-sufficiency, um, you know, fostering hope and providing relief. What do you do to help your own mental health? So, Michael, what I do is I try to model it. So I try, I try to eat right. I try to exercise. I, I, I'm a person of faith, so I believe in the power of prayer. I also believe surrounding myself with people that are positive and not negative. I don't want, you know, uh, I used to, when I was in public education, I used to talk about what I called energy vampires. And those are folks that are around you that suck your energy out. I don't want to be around those people. Um, uh, and unfortunately, you can't avoid that. But... But I try to model it. I try to be very present with, with myself and what's going on in my own life. I really encourage my staff to, to, um, to find balance. You know, it's very easy in this work because we're working with people in crisis. It's very easy in this work to get so caught up in the work that you don't take time for yourself. So I try to promote for my staff, hey, take a day off. Uh, on, on, on a weekend, don't check your email. You know, disconnect in some meaningful way. Take a walk. Spend some time outside. Spend some time with someone you love. Spend some time with family. I try to model that because I believe it. Um, I'm a person who's been out of balance, especially when I was a superintendent and a principal, you know, working 80 hours a week. Um, and what I've learned from that is that uh, no one dies wishing they got everything out of their inbox. <laughs> uh, it's more important that you balance that out. The work will always be there. But, what, but wait, what may not be there is someone that you need to connect with, someone that you need to tell you love, somebody you need to spend time with, a child in particular. You know, I'm a, I'm a parent. I have a 24-year-old daughter who is the center of my life. Um, and so uh, certainly as a, as, a, as a child becoming an adult, I knew the kind of parent that I wanted to be based on what I observed and didn't observe in my own parents. So I believe you always have a choice despite your circumstances. Um, and that is where that, that sort of empowerment mindset comes from is regardless of whatever circumstances you're in, you always have a choice. Some people lose sight of that and feel like they don't have a choice, but you always have a choice. So we try to embody that in what we do here at Axe through with our own staff and in working with our clients. What are some of the things you've learned from your daughter? Huh. Well, I'll tell you probably the most significant lesson I've learned from my daughter as a parent is that your children inherit your good <laughs> and bad personality traits. And so uh, right about middle school is when I realized that my daughter was a lot like me um, and that I had to figure out how to deal with me quite candidly. Um, you know, when I'm upset, when I'm irritated, when I'm stressed, what's the best approach for dealing with myself? I had to realize that unless I figured that out, I was only gonna create distress in my own daughter's life. So I became a better parent really overnight by, by just um, 
taking the time to think about uh, what kind of model I wanted to be for my own daughter. And uh, we're very, very close. Um, she has a lot of my personality and her mother's personality in her. And that is both an asset and a liability, depending, depending on how she uses it. But, uh, but you, have, you have to become very self-conscious about the impact you have on others. I think it's, it's, it's the most important thing I've learned from my daughter is just to be very self-conscious about my behavior, my thoughts, my actions, my words, um, and how those things can either empower people or tear them down. Where do you want to see Axe in the next three to five years? So here's what I would say about Axe. I've been here four months now, Michael, and uh, what I would say is that a lot of folks know about Axe. We certainly have this long legacy of service to the community, uh, but quite candidly, um, we can do more if people give more. So we, we appreciate every single donation of time or money uh, or volunteerism that people give to us. But in a community like Prince William County that is very well resourced, and we're going to be extremely candid, uh, the community needs to give more. Um, because, uh, again, I'll go back to domestic violence and sexual assault. That, that impacts every single community regardless of race, culture, religion, geographical area, income level, it does not matter. It, it's, it is a poison in our community. It just is. And Prince William County has the resources to provide support to people experiencing trauma related to domestic violence or sexual assault services or homelessness or, or, or that need a food assistance. We just have. We, we have the ability to do that, and Axe has not gotten in front of all the people that it needs to get in front of, particularly the, the major businesses in our community. Um, and so I, I see us exposing ourselves to a lot more of the organizations um, in Prince William County, particularly the organizations that are well-resourced. So that means for me as CEO that I really need to spend time building relationships Leveraging the Chamber of Commerce as a, the Prince William Chamber of Commerce as a resource, leveraging the Prince William County government as, as, a, as a resource, but also leveraging lots of the private entities in our community um, and also some of the, the uh, service organizations in our community. Um, we, we just have not done enough of that and we haven't told our story enough. So, um, so, so I would anticipate in the next five years, we should be able to double our impact in terms of the resources that we receive from the community and the resources that we provide to the community. The one thing that we do especially well is that we can coordinate services with other entities. So while we provide some direct services to ourselves, our sweet spot is really knowing other entities in the community that can support a need that one of our clients has. We, we do that exceptionally well. I think the, the, the Prince William County government recognizes that about ACTS. That's why we're a community partner with them. And I know I've been on, I've developed this pretty good relationship with the Community Foundation of Northern Virginia. And they have said, the one thing that makes you so unique as an organization is you do a great job of coordinating services. There are enough resources in the county to meet the needs of everyone that needs them it's just how do we coordinate that? And so um, to the extent that we can continue to get 
uh, people donating time and money and resources to us, uh, we can we can almost make that exemplary uh, an exemplary process for other communities. I really believe that for Acts. How can people reach out and learn more? Well, the best way is to go to our website. Um, one of the things that we've tried to do since I've been here is really focus on social media. So LinkedIn, Twitter, now X, uh, still used to call it Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're really beginning to leverage those those venues as way as ways of our telling our story. But call us, reach out to us on social media, email us, and I'm, you'll get a response immediately.